You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 47. Happy New Year, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've all had such a beautiful New Year and holidays. And I'm so looking forward to everything that 2019 will bring to all of us. So I've missed you. I've really missed every single one of you. I hope that you've been really, really well. Today, I want to go through some of the key lessons, actually the top 10 lessons that I had of 2018. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, but Letitia, we're in 2019 now. Who cares about 2018? (laughs) But it's always good to reflect. And this year, as some of you might know, I began my process of reflecting and dreaming my new dream and vision and plan for the year with our new moon in Capricorn. So that was on the 6th of January. It was the 5th of January if you're in the US. And so I've been going through that process right now. And actually, in fact, I'd already written out the points that I wanted to make in this episode last year. And all of the lessons that I already knew were the lessons I'd had back in December, uh, or maybe it was actually late November, were pretty much the same in January as you'd expect. The point is, whenever you're reviewing is absolutely fine, but you need to review, or it's really helpful to review, just to look at some of the things that you've learned throughout the year. You know, some of the things you've learned throughout your lifetime. If we leave them for too long, we tend to forget them. But when we go through a beautiful review process and we remember all the different experiences and moments we had throughout the year, the different people we met, uh, some of the challenges, it gives us an opportunity to also look at some of the things we learn and remember what we learned. Because how annoying is it when you think you've learned something or you know you've learned something? And then you forget and you have to relearn that lesson again, right? It's like you're sort of stuck in the same place. It's that one step forward, two steps back. And it's really annoying. So my invitation for you listening right now is that if you haven't done a review process where you have a look through what are the key lessons for you during your 2018, then this might be a great time to do it. You know, you don't just, you can't not do it because it's now 2019 and you're in January. Okay, so get to that if that's something that feels fun to you. And otherwise, I invite you all to continue listening to this episode while I dive into the top 10 lessons for me during 2019. But before we dive into that, I also want to mention that if you are sitting here right now, it's the beginning of 2019, you've had a couple of weeks and you're thinking, I still don't know where I'm heading this year, what my next best step is. And I'm starting to get a little bit overwhelmed because there's so much noise all around me. I just want you to know that it's absolutely okay. We never need to know all of the next steps. And I think that this point about it not being too late to start coming up with a vision is an important one for this part as well. It really, 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 really doesn't matter at what time of the year you set intentions, you create a vision, you plan, you review, you do all of these things. The point is to do them. And now you know that I am someone who is a big proponent of feminine energy. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that particularly from our last season. But masculine energy is equally as important. And this is something that I think I'm seeing or I'm observing a lot of people forgetting. 
particularly when we think about manifestation processes and going with the flow, this is incredibly important, right? We want to make sure that we are following those hits of inspiration. So if you feel inspired to do this vision process, review process, planning, intention setting, all of this now, then do it when you're feeling excited about it because it's going to be a lot quicker and it's going to be a lot more impactful. But at the same time, we must make sure we have these structures in place, making sure that we are setting aside time to do these planning and reviewing and creating a vision because we need to have something to feel into. This is really important for manifestation. We've got to have something in our mind while at the same time being open for what we want to show up in any way. So we've got to be really clear about what is actually the core of what we want, what we can give up so that when opportunities present themselves that aren't exactly what we thought we wanted, but actually are going to fulfill what we deeply want, we're able to open and welcome those with open arms. Okay, so that's just a little side note. It's something that I felt was really important to let you guys know. And one other thing before we dive on into this episode, and that is that if you are someone who is a heart-centered person, which I'm sure you are listening to this podcast, I want to invite you once again to come and join us over in my private Facebook community. It's free to join. It's called the Make a Difference Soul Tribe. You can go to LetitiaRinge.com forward slash make a difference and you'll find all of the information there. But this is such a beautiful space and it's actually one of my favorite spaces to connect with you all and show up over there because why? Because I actually get to communicate with you and you get to communicate with me and with each other. So it's for people who want to make a difference in the world. And that can be through your work. It can be showing up as your most authentic self. It can be using your business as a means for social change. It can be just by aligning with your heart and wanting to show up with that version of yourself. It's for all of you. So if that's something that you think you'd find really helpful and supportive, come over, connect with some other people who feel the same way. And also I do live trainings and I've got a whole swag of live trainings for this year planned. And I'm so incredibly excited to bring those to you. The Everybody who have been joining along with these have been loving them. I always take you through a guided meditation at the beginning. It's a whole lot of fun. So if that's something that you'd love to join, as I mentioned, go to LetitiaRinge.com forward slash make a difference and you can follow the instructions to get yourself signed up. Alrighty, let's dive into today's episode. My top 10 lessons of 2018. Alrighty, so the first one is all about the power of letting go. As I mentioned in 2018, one of the themes for me was all about feminine energy. In season one of this podcast, in fact, I had a number of episodes all on this topic. And a very important part of this was also the course that I created and ran called Embrace Your Feminine Essence, which is my online course and group coaching program to reconnect you with your feminine energy. Now, the reason I mention this here is because a big part of feminine energy is about the ability to allow, to surrender and to let go. Now, this has actually been quite a hot topic this year, and I've seen it spoken of in different ways at more the towards the beginning of the year, I was hearing a lot about, you know, manifestation processes, which a big key to that is the allowing part. And so people, but, but, but it wasn't necessarily spoken about in that way. Towards the end of this year, I'm hearing it a lot, a lot more about how key this allowing step is. It's come more into people's consciousness that this is a really important part. And for me, this was the theme of my whole year, the power of letting go. So I've always known that the key step in manifestation is this part of letting go. When I manifested my partner, Lou, back in 2000 and 
11, this was one of the biggest parts of the pieces of the puzzle was to have the vision to hold it to feel it embrace it do all of these things and then to let it all go trusting 100% that exactly what you need was going to come and for me at that time it was that my soulmate that my partner in life the person that I wanted to create a um, genuine loving passionate caring relationship and that I could grow with would come my way at the perfect time And this is the exact same lesson that I have been holding myself to and learning and relearning and seeing the results of all throughout 2018, the power of letting go. So right when you feel like things are getting the hardest, you feel like you're really being tested. Is this something that I really want? Or you're being tested uh, as in you're not getting what you want and you're about to give up on that dream or that vision that you hold for yourself. Right at that point when there's a lot of resistance and you can feel it because you're wanting something so much. So you're trying too hard, which means that you're fully attached to what you want. You're actually blocking You block what you want. And this can be for a whole number of different reasons. But just think that if you've got something, say you've got a friendship and you're holding on so tightly, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. That's going to become suffocating, right? But it also means that you can't see the other possibilities around you that can help you get exactly what you want, right? So maybe it's not this particular person that you're holding on to and that you're fixated on and all your attention is on. Okay. So when we let go and we trust that what we need is going to come through, it means it puts us back into that receiving space. So we allow life to do its work or the universe to do its work And we're able to see when the opportunities that feel most in alignment come to us. So right when you feel that resistance, you're feeling like I'm going to give up or this is now feeling really upstream as in it feels like I'm trying to control or I'm trying. This feels hard. This isn't enjoyable. I don't feel in alignment. As soon as you get to that place. This is when you let go consciously. You say, that's it. I am letting go. I am going to allow the universe or you can say my um, my angels, my guides, like whatever it is that you believe in to do its work, to bring me the experience that is best for me and my soul, my growth, my expansion. I'm going to let allow this to happen in the way it's meant to happen. So powerful. Every single time throughout 2018, I found myself thinking these same thoughts that suddenly this isn't enjoyable or suddenly this isn't fun or suddenly this is really hard. Suddenly it feels like I'm trying too hard I'm really attached to this outcome. Every single time I made the decision to let go, something much bigger and better came through. And, you know, you can even look at this in terms of giving yourself a break in life generally. So, for instance, All of the times that I gave myself a chunk of time just to do nothing, I had really big things coming through during those times. Uh, So, for instance, during the month we had off with the podcast, which I was actually at that time, this is in the middle of the year, I was a bit reluctant to do that because I'd heard so much about don't stop your podcast, you know, to keep it consistent. You, you want to make sure you're always there. Uh, you keep popping up. People remember you. And so I was a little bit hesitant to have a long season break, 
But I really wanted to give myself the space to run Embrace Your Feminine Essence, which was my course that I was running at that time, and to focus completely on that because it was the first online course I was running. I knew I had a lot to do and I also needed to hold space for a group of people. So I I gave, I, there was a month off on the podcast and actually what was really funny was that during that time, the amount of people who listened to the podcast increased quite dramatically. So it's really funny that when you actually stop doing what you think you need to do to get the results you want, they happen anyway. And I've noticed this whenever I have a holiday and I've taken the whole time off. In 2017, when I went on holiday, I was always excitedly working on something because it was fun and in alignment for me. And in 2018, I decided I would have better boundaries and take the time completely off because I do spend a lot of my life and my time working now, even though it's something that's really fun for me and it's what I would want to be doing anyway. It's still important to have some space because it makes you feel more inspired when you go back to it. And during those chunks of times that I had off, I always had something really amazing come through. So I want to encourage you that if you are feeling like things are getting, there's a lot of resistance there, you're trying too hard, try letting go and releasing the outcome so that you can recognize when the best opportunity comes your way. But please know that if you do that, it's not about taking no action. It is really, really important to take action. And especially when the opportunities present themselves, that's when you've got to go, I'm ready. I am ready. I am here and I am committed to showing up for this opportunity. Okay, so that is number one. My second lesson for 2018 was to make sure I create a structure or a routine that works for me. So this was something I was working on in 2017 as well, getting used to running my own business, figuring out what sort of structure or routine works for me. And in 2018, I felt like I really got a good handle on this. But actually, it wasn't until the second half of the year that I actually gave myself full permission to operate in the way that was most effective to me, that feels and seems a little bit unusual to what the norm is when it comes to working hours. So one of the things I did was to make sure that I slept during the time that I wanted to sleep. So I actually prefer to go to bed later. And you see a lot of literature saying to go to bed between, you know, 10 p.m. and get up at 6 a.m. That for me has never worked. I like to stay awake later and I like to wake up later. So I finally just said, you know what, if that is what works for me, then that's what I'm going to do. So I started to go to bed at midnight, sometimes later than that, and I'd wake up around eight. And so for some people that can feel like, wow, the whole day's gone then, especially if you're going to bed at something like 2 a.m. and getting up at 10, it can feel like you've been left behind. But what I realized is that this, these concepts with time and hours, this is just, you know, another norm that we've all uh, subconsciously, I guess, agreed that these are like the normal hours that we work. And it's all because of, you know, the day and light and it goes back for, you know, generations. And so it's very deeply ingrained within us. But for me, I wanted to wake up, I'd go about my usual alignment sort of practice where I do my exercise, I do something fun, I eat breakfast, I create a lot of space in my morning to make me feel and operate better throughout the day. This is part of feminine energy. Oh, and by the way, if you are interested in learning more about feminine energy, because it is so incredibly important, I do invite you to go check out my online course, which you can still sign up for. It's at LetitiaRange.com forward slash E-Y-F-E. Now back to the structure and routine. So I actually realized that for me, I wanted to start my working day most days at 1 p.m. 1 p.m. I know, right? Sounds so dramatic. (laughs) Not something that we're used to when we're, it's, you know, an 8 or 9 a.m. start. And if you haven't started that time, then you've missed the 
the day or what's that saying the early bird catches the worm or something like that so yeah we have a big thing about you know wanting to make sure we're up early and you know that we've got everything done right at the beginning of the day and then at the end of the day we can relax well for me I want to do the relaxing at the beginning of my day and then I want to follow my own personal flow creative flow which seems for me to be later in the day. So at 1pm I'd stroll over to a cafe or I'd start a a coaching call or I'd do something else that is within my work and then I would begin my working day. And so I'd work for a chunk of time. Uh, Maybe I'd then have a break in the evening and either go out or do something. And then I would come back and do a couple of hours. And then I would have my evening practice go to sleep. Now, this routine for me works for me. And that's the point. It works for me. No one else. It's not something that's being prescribed. It is what works best for me. And I respected my own flow. But what I did was reflect on what was working for me when I was noticing I wanted to work, when I was noticing I felt most creatively in flow and inspired. And then I built a structure around that that works for me. Now, on the flip side of this, of course, it means that you need to keep checking in because your flow will change and it also I think is very seasonally dependent so during winter I've noticed that there's a bit of a change in that as well so maybe I don't want to stay up as late or maybe I find it more difficult to wake up earlier Um, you've just got to keep checking in and noticing what works for you and build a structure around that because the structure and routine that you build allows you the freedom to do all of the things that make you feel creatively fulfilled. And this is what is the big paradox of the structure and routine and masculine energy. We feel that if we have a structure or routine, that it means it's clipping our wings, it's taking the freedom from us, or that it's going to feel like, particularly if you are a business owner, that you're back in work again. But you need to have a structure and routine to get what you want to create done. All creativity requires structure. And so this is what I did. It's fun. I also then have other structure and routine built in the way I set intentions for my life and business and also the way I work with my menstrual cycle. So you can make structure and routine fun. You can make it softer. You can make it more feminine and heart-centered and soulful, which is just like business, right? We think business is probably more masculine, but no, you can run a soulful heart-centered business, which is the business that I run and that I help my clients create. So that is my second lesson for 2018 and a very important one. Now, number three, and this one actually, oh, it's hard because they're all really important, but this one was a biggie, a real biggie. So back in November, I had a really big realization. So I realized that one of, or the biggest fear that I had, and that was also therefore keeping me the smallest was my fear of my own success. Now, this wasn't so obvious, but it became really, really obvious to me. And now we all all, will always have fears. At every stage of our expansion, we're going to have more fears, right? You don't just deal with a fear and then it's never there. They come back again, your upper limit kicks in, and it's always when you're expanding, Now, for me, it was in November, as I mentioned, and I was having a look at the my podcast. So the statistics for my podcast, which is something that I don't do regularly, but I was doing it for a particular reason and purpose and which I cannot remember what that was for. But I went on and I had a look at the statistics and it turned out one of the more recent episodes had a huge number of downloads. Now, when I saw that, and it was such a huge uh, jump, a leap, such a huge uh, 
proportion compared to all other episodes before that. And my initial reaction, rather than to celebrate and be grateful and happy with this result and then to look at, oh, well, why was this episode so popular? Uh, my first reaction was one of fear. My whole body just clenched up. I felt sick. I didn't like it. And I found myself trying to investigate and find reasons why that episode wasn't really successful, like why it must be a mistake. That was my first reaction to this news, something that I would have thought that I'd really want, right? That it would be great that more people are loving and listening to the podcast, but instead my initial reaction was one of fear. Now, this was actually a really helpful realization for me because as I mentioned before that, I didn't realize how big this fear was for me. So then I was able to start doing some reflection and to dive in and do a little bit of you know, theta healing and some other practices to get to what where this was coming from. And so, of course, because like most of our fears that are deeply ingrained, they go back to childhood. I went through a practice and realized that I had a real fear of being seen that went back into my childhood. And I was able to unpick that. I did some, as I mentioned before, some reprogramming work and which I found incredibly helpful. And I was then aware of this block and able to pick up on it. And so that meant I was able to choose, well, am I someone who is going to keep myself small and not show up as my fully expanded self Or do I now need to make the decision to be seen? And that was the big one. So I was afraid of my own success. I realized it was really a fear about being seen. And let me tell you, this is a fear that I think many people have. And then I was able to see that what I needed to replace that fear with and to create my new normal was that I am here to be seen, right? I have a right to be seen. I have a right to be here. I have a right to be seen. And i that's what I'm here to do. You can probably tell the shift in my energy when I talk about this. It was a really important one because this fear goes back to our root chakra, right? It's all about our right to be here. And so this is like a foundational piece. It is a base piece, a fundamental piece that many of us will have a block around that we do not have a right to be here and hence we should not be seen. Okay, so being able to reprogram my subconscious, being able to reprogram my mindset and being able to consciously make new choices was incredibly powerful. I have felt like a new person since doing that. And it's continued to unfold throughout November and December and going to the Bali retreat. But I feel I can see how much I was holding myself back. And had my upper limit there. So this is what happens, right? We've got to keep checking in, keep digging, keep doing the work. It doesn't mean that we hold ourselves back until we like delete this fear because that's never going to happen. We keep, we always keep moving forward. It just means that the way that we show up is probably being hindered. And so we want to be conscious of that and then make sure we are making choices consciously to change that belief. And when we're trying to recognize these things in ourselves, it's a lot harder, which is why coaching is such a powerful process and other forms of therapy, because you have someone who will see it for you. It's very easy to see it in another person. Think about some of your friends who you think, oh my gosh, they're their own worst enemy. It's the same thing. It's hard to see it when we're up close to the details. But once you are aware of what the issue is, 
then you're able to fix it, right? You're able to make better choices. Okay, so being afraid of my own success, that was number three. Number four was, in general, feminine energy. When I realized that the biggest piece to my journey of discovering what my purpose was and also in creating the life that I truly desired was actually not so much about manifestation, but more about feminine energy in general. Because what's so magical about manifestation processes and flow is really that we're tapping into this feminine aspect of ourselves. And when I'm talking about feminine energy, I'm talking about it's got nothing to do with gender. It is about within each of us, we are made up of two different working energies and they've been labeled masculine and feminine. It's the yin and the yang. Together, they form a whole. They're interdependent. So they they operate independently, but they're also dependent on the other. So this discovery that what had led me to figuring out what my purpose was, what had led me to creating a life that was beautiful to me, that is beautiful to me, one that I actually love, enjoy and am inspired by was the realization that it was all about me tapping into my feminine energy, me connecting back with my inner voice, me connecting with my creativity, connecting with this allowing and trusting and surrendering, me connecting to this receiving part of myself, connecting to my menstrual cycle and my body, to my emotions and my feelings. All of this, this journey that I had already been on, when I realized that actually all of this is what makes up feminine energy. And so for me, as someone who I felt was a natural feminine strength person, because we live in a world that favors masculine energy, and especially if you work in the corporate world, because that is what I had been proving myself in for my whole life in education and in my um, my career, I had adopted a dominance in masculine energy and had disconnected from my feminine energy. And so hence, this was what sparked the course, which I had this discovery while I was in Auckland for the Beautiful You Inspiration Day, my graduation back in April of 2018. And I had this, I received the download and I, and it just, it really made so much clearer for me. And obviously it was such a huge moment because that's what led me to creating this course that I, that I launched a couple of months later. So that has been a really important part of my 2018 and one that I'm really, really grateful for and of. So there we go. Now, number five, my other big learning for 2018 was how much I love Facebook groups. Okay. I love them. I love the opportunities they give us. I particularly love running my own Facebook group. I wish I'd done it earlier. It's something I wanted to do all year. But I held back because I didn't know whether it would be something that people would be interested in. And I think, you know, that I launched it at a really perfect time in the end anyway. Now, the reason I love Facebook groups is because I don't know about you, but I've been craving more interaction with the people that I hang out with online. Now, a lot of these people are my clients. A lot of these people are my peers. A lot of these people are my friends, especially now that I live overseas away from my hometown. And a lot of these people are the people who make up the people in my community, right? And I'm so inspired and and I want to get to know these people more, right? And so when we use platforms like Instagram and, you know, YouTube, Facebook generally, you can feel like everything you say is just going out into the abyss and people can feel also not as comfortable to interact with you because it's all public, right? So a private Facebook group is a really beautiful space for people to connect. I've been in many Facebook groups too, and it's been a lot of fun to connect with people more there. And so having my own one has been 
a really great way for me to use my gifts in creating communities and also in being able to run trainings and teach in a different way to the way I'd been doing previously. They're so much fun and it's all about community building, which is exactly what my values are and a way for us to meaningfully connect, particularly when the group has a particular purpose. So that was one of my big lessons of 2018. And I'm so, 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 so glad that I created the Make a Difference Soul Tribe. It's been so, so, so wonderful to get to know some of you all more there. And I'm looking forward to more and more of you joining and to continuing to deepen that throughout the year. I also use Facebook groups for all of my courses, my activated my 12 month uh, mentorship. We have our own private Facebook community there. And it's so wonderful to have these little pockets where we get to really create what I see as another, like a women's circle environment. As some of you will know, I ran a number of women's circles last year and events. It is a, a different way to hold space. And so for me, this has been a really, really, really beautiful part of my business journey. And I'm so grateful. So again, if you are thinking that you'd love to join my private Facebook group, the one that is open to anyone, you can go to LeticiaRinge.com forward slash make a difference and sign up there. Now, number six is the power of working with my cycle. I've been working with my cycle since I discovered that I had endometriosis back in 2015. And I listened to the Elisa Vitti, her episode on The Lively Show. And I then read her book, A Woman's Code, which talks all about cycle awareness. And so basically you're working with the different phases of your cycle, as in the follicular, the ovulatory, menstruation, luteal, those four phases. So I already had all of this knowledge. I'd been cycle syncing my food. I'd been cycle syncing my exercise, been using her MyFlow app, which I absolutely love. And in late 2017, I then read Claire Baker, who was, has been on this podcast too. I read her book, Adore Your Cycle, and deepened into my understanding of cycle awareness from a seasonal perspective. So during 2018, I have deepened and implemented this on a, mu- on a much deeper level, cycle awareness. Using it in my business has been so incredibly fun, so incredibly powerful from a creativity standpoint. And I've been able to <laughs> honestly realize how much I am capable and powerful in creating my ability to create and my like productivity, my, the level of output that I'm able to now give because of cycle awareness is such a profound difference. It's so amazing to look back and reflect on what a huge part this has played to the way I show up in my life and business, but particularly within my business, because It was something that I was already working with personally, but I hadn't used deeply within my business until this year or at least late 2017. So I am just so in love with working with my cycle. And if it's not something that you're doing yet, if you are a woman listening to this, I highly recommend it. And if you're not currently menstruating or you're on the pill, please know that you can still work with the menstrual cycle. And actually, I believe that even men could adopt a similar way of operating. They could use the menstrual cycle as a guide to help them find that beautiful balance between their masculine and feminine energy so that they are creating in a much more effective and productive way as well. So basically, I think we can all learn something from the menstrual cycle and it's been such a powerful practice within my business. It's a spiritual practice and it's so great for helping you become more deeply connected with your body, of course, but also with your authentic self. So I mentioned that here and if you want to find out more about working with your cycle, I reveal everything that I know about the cycle 
And I will continue to be um, sharing more of this in there as I continue to personally deepen into this practice over in my online course, Embrace Your Feminine Essence. So again, you can sign up for that and you get access to all of the modules over at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash E-Y-F-E. Okay, so they are the six top lessons of 2018. I've got another four for you. So the next one is all about, so number seven is ensuring that I have healthier boundaries in my life. Now, this is something that has been more difficult to implement throughout the year Uh, has something that kept rearing its head, but boundaries just like structure or routine is actually about being able to create space for what you most prioritize and care about. And so if you don't have boundaries in place, then it's really hard to be able to focus on what you really want to focus on. Now, when you put boundaries in place, we can think that it means that we're shutting people out, that we're protecting something so it can kind of feel a bit scarcity minded. So I encourage you that when you think about boundaries to think about them in this abundant way that I enforce boundaries to create space in my life, to create space for the things that I love and that I really want to spend my time on that makes my soul feel alive to do. Now, I have a deeply ingrained people pleasing tendency which I know many of you listening will also (laughs) be familiar with. Okay. It's something that is incredibly annoying because you know that you're doing it. uh, Or sometimes it's, it's usually after you say yes. And then you think, why did I just say that? Um, So I know I get it. Trust me. I get it. And this boundary issue with boundary setting, I believe, is very much connected to these people pleasing tendencies, which is something very specifically related to women. Right. How many guys do you know? And you ask, you know, what's your opinion on this? And they just give it to you. And for women, we can tend to hold ourselves back because also we tend to be uh, more we tend to be more empathic so we can pick up on how other people are feeling and we're sensitive to that. And that's a great thing as well, but we need to also have the power to stand in our truth, right? Because people pleasers are liars. This is a quote from Brooke Castillo, one of my favorite life coaches over in the U S and she is, I I think that that's a really powerful statement, right? And I always remind myself, people pleasers are liars. So stop doing it because we cannot communicate to the people in our life what our truth is unless we actually communicate it. So every opportunity to share our voice, to share our truth, to say what we really feel is an opportunity to be more in alignment with our authentic self. You know, you always walk away feeling icky. It's like, oh, now what have I got myself into? Okay, so creating healthier boundaries has been one of the biggest lessons for me throughout 2018. And one of the big things that I had to accept is that for me, one of my top priorities in my life is my work and my business. I am on a mission, right? And this is because I'm aligned with my purpose and it's This is me, right? 100% in my business. This is the work I want to be doing. This is the difference in the world that I want to be creating. I believe in a better world. And so I'm working towards that, right? In, In contributing to that and creating it. I'm also so aligned with what I do that my personal and professional life blends, which means that this is what I would be choosing to do anyway and do choose, right? I would love to sit and write a blog post about my thoughts on a particular topic. I would love to sit with a person 
and talk about their innermost dreams and desires. I love to talk about how to have a soulful business, how to be successful in a business. I love to do trainings and read and get better in my business because I know that the more that I'm able to show up in my business and the more people I'm able to reach, the more people that I can help, the more people that I can um, also inspire to show up for their own purpose for their authentic self to use their voice that the the better that is for me so you have to admit what is a priority for you and so I felt at various times throughout the year as you contrast yourself with other people uh, who don't love the work that they do you can feel bad for saying that you are prioritizing your work right as one of the top priorities in your life And so I had to really accept that, that this is one of my top priorities and I have to create boundaries around that. So I need to be able to communicate with the people in my life that this is something that's really important for me. And so it means that I'm not available um, at certain times, right? Particularly now because I work the best later in the evening. So it means during the week, I'm not as available to do things with um, maybe some of my friends. And I have to own that, right? I have to own it that this is what is important to me. And once you own it, people accept it, right? So creating healthy boundaries and being able to communicate to the people in my life that this is what is important to me has been something that I've really learned throughout 2018. So I encourage you as well, if you're feeling like you are holding back, that you have been feeling a lot of like conflict when it comes to what you're spending your time on and what you want to spend your time on, just communicate to the people in your life what is important to you and you will notice a difference. And this can even be in terms of like the food that you want to eat. One of my big struggles throughout the year as well was because I wanted to eat a specific way. I wanted to through so I wanted to uh, not have refined sugar as much as possible. I wanted to, um, you know, not have dairy. Um, I also was really limiting my uh, intake of seafood because I've been pescatarian, but really prefer to eat more plant-based as much as possible. And I wanted to be able to control when I decided I wanted to eat things that I don't normally eat. Another thing was, is that I also don't like to have products that have gluten, but really it's just processed products, right? So, but at the same time, I love sourdough and, you know, and then I don't drink alcohol. So there's lots of things that for a lot of people, they just think is really, really weird. And so I would not want to talk about it. I just want to be able to eat the way that I want to eat. But then this meant that other people were you know, I'd go, I'd go around and I, and they'd have made something for me. So you need to communicate what your position is, right? But you've got to, if you communicate it before, you feel a lot more comfortable when you're in these situations. And I, maybe food is not the best example, but for me, that was something I had a lot of conflict over. And this year, what I'm doing is just being very vocal about what I eat, right? This is what I'm choosing to eat. I may change my mind, which I probably will because our our bodies change. And so the sorts of things that make us feel good is always going to change, especially as women. But it is no one else's business what you choose to consume. It's your business. And that's the only person's business it should be. We're all different. So we need different things to support ourselves. And you get to own that. And so creating for me boundaries around, you know, I'm not going to go to places that I where I'm not going to be able to get food within the way that I like to eat. And if I'm going to hang out with people and go over and there's going to be a meal made and it's not it's very it's going to be uncomfortable to be able to have food that I can eat, then what I'm going to do is eat at home, which I prefer to do anyway, and then meet up with them, you know? So there's like, these are all the ways we can create healthy boundaries in our life to make sure that we are creating space for the things that we care most about. Okay. Okay. Number eight, making a difference. 
So one of the other very big lessons I had in 2018 was that if I wanted to make a difference in the world, the indifference that I felt is meaningful and that I want to spend my time and my energy working towards, I had to own that, right? So I had to decide that I was the kind of person who makes a difference. I had to decide that I would be the kind of person who also stands out for making that difference. This is a really, 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 really important decision to make because when it comes to wanting to help or wanting to work towards a cause, we can feel sometimes like we're ashamed to admit the things that we really want, just like with the boundaries, actually. And so that holds us back, right? Of course it does. It contains us because we're not truly and fully embodying our truth. Now, this is the same for me when it comes to my real soul desire is to make a difference and also to support people who want to make a difference. The way that I see it is every single person who I empower, who I help create a business or a structure that will help them then in being successful in making their difference and in creating their heart-centered business, the more people that I'm able to help do that, the more people that they then go and help. And then there's this beautiful ripple effect. And this is the big vision and dream for me. Now, there was this like ickiness around admitting that, oh, I want to help people. I don't know where that happened, but that was definitely something that was going around um, in like on social media and in different interviews. I'd heard this thing about, oh, you know, not you don't need to help people, right? People aren't there to be helped. But actually, one of the biggest and most powerful and empowering step that we can create for ourselves is asking for help. Okay. We can never do everything ever, 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 ever. The more powerful we are is recognizing where we need help in our life. And so that for me was an important and related piece to standing up and owning that the people I want to help are the kinds of people who want to make a difference in the world, who believe that they can help by showing up for the purpose that they're working towards. So that was a huge thing. And part of me being able to show up for that was to own it and to decide that I would stand out as someone who wants to make a difference, right? I want to make a difference. Really, really important. It's changed the whole game for me when it shows how I show up in my business and in my life for the purpose that I'm aligned with and working towards. Now, number nine, my ninth biggest lesson of 2018 is related to this. It's all about delegation. Same thing. It's about asking for help. So delegating in my business was something that I wanted to do really early on because I had listened to enough business uh, trainings and podcasts and read enough books to know that trying that delegating what you don't enjoy and aren't good at in your business as early as possible is really, really helpful for your time and your energy. But of course, you got to pay for it or be creative in the way that you get help. So there's a balancing act that we've got to play. And obviously, you don't want to go and spend so much money in the beginning of running a business so that you end up not being able to show that this is something that is profitable. So there is that balancing act. However, admitting that you need help again is a big part of delegating. And there is an investment that goes into delegating. There is a time and energy investment in getting someone else and putting someone else on that will then, well, it's an investment because it's an investment in you and your energy because you reap those rewards later. So I've had different people working for me in this business. I've had a podcast editor. I've had uh, I've had another podcast editor who does, you know, more things. I've also had a VA and these people and well, actually also, you know, I've had a graphic designer that these people, while yes, I can do all of these things myself and have done these things myself, 
to be able to show up in the way that I wanted, I needed to admit that I was better off getting this help and take the time and space to properly onboard another person. And now this isn't just business related. You can look at this in all areas of your life. Like for instance, sometimes it's easier for me to delegate cooking my food to uh, someone else, right? Someone else who's going to make me a delicious, healthy meal that's gluten-free, refined sugar-free and not processed and is plant-based and all of that. Sometimes it's easier for me to invest in going out for lunch to have a meal within that rather than making the time and space to create a meal, right? That can be delegation as well. You can also see delegation as um, I'm delegating responsibility in a certain task. So for me at the beginning of the year at my engagement party, I usually see, I love organizing events, love it. I've always been the one who organizes all the events. who comes up with the idea and does it. So I, for my engagement party needed, I didn't have enough time and space to do everything. And so for the first time I had to say, okay, I'm going to need help. And so I delegated, right? I delegated different activities. I also got um, a, a caterer to come in and, you know, do a grazing table, which is actually something that I personally would really love to do. But I realized it wasn't going to be possible when I would also need to be like getting ready that day at the same time you need to take out everything. And anyway, I allowed other people to help me. I asked for the help and then I allowed other people to help me. I left the responsibility with these other people and then I just watched the day unfold. And it was really amazing because my vision was still embodied and came true, was brought to life. And I didn't need to do all of the things. So I thought that this was a really beautiful like antidote for like the rest of my life. And that has been a theme throughout 2018 for sure. Okay, finally, number 10, (sighs) paying attention, especially if you are a very passionate, motivated, ambitious and engaged business owner or um, worker in like whatever field you're working in, or there's some big project in your life that's, you know, all consuming in, in a lot of ways. It's so important to pay attention to your body, to your relationships and basically a holistic look at your life. So making sure that if you are one of those people like me who is really all consumed in their work and maybe it's another area of your life, maybe it's, you know, fitness, then making sure that you are also creating space to give attention to all of the other areas in your life. Because what happens is once we, when we completely ignore an area of our life, it will always rear its head in the end. So actually, you know, me looking after my health and making sure I've got time to exercise and eat right and do all of that is going to benefit me in showing up for the work that I'm doing, right? And I mentioned this in our episode all about body image. If I don't look after that and I don't feel good energetically, then that is going to limit how I show up for my work on a day to day level. So actually, by making sure I've got that um, foundational sort of stuff also looked after, that helps me in achieving my purpose. And this is the same with relationships. We need to make sure as well that we're connecting and checking in and filling ourselves up with our social connections and physical connections, our friends and our family and all of that. And so you, you've got to create space for these parts of your life as well. And that's something that I've really had to continue learning throughout 2018 is how to balance all of this, how to remain focused in what I want to do, but also make sure I'm creating space to, you know, have a holiday where I'm not working to be able to, um, to have time with my friends, to be able to have time for my health and all and all of these things, to be able to sit down and read books that are completely unrelated. So for me, it was about finding um, a beautiful balance with those areas as well, while still being able to have a very focused attention on the work I do, because this is what I'm feeling inspired to create at the moment and to, and to focus my attention on. So 
There we have it. These are my top 10 lessons of 2018. I hope that you have found this really helpful. I've been really open and honest with you here because I really want you to be able to connect with what you need to be connected with. But one of the biggest things I believe is that anything that I am experiencing or feeling, there is a whole community of other people out there also experiencing that thing because we're all connected. We're just reflections of each other. And actually, I think that's been one of the biggest strengths throughout my life was that I knew this from a very early uh, age. So it meant that when I was going through something that I felt embarrassed about, I would actually just more likely than not own it. And because I knew that other people would also have experienced that as well. So take that little um, nugget of wisdom and use it as you please. But I hope that you have had a really beautiful start to your year. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm so looking forward to continuing to connect with you all and to create a really beautiful 2019 in our life and business. And as I mentioned, if you are looking to connect on a deeper level and take uh, or have the benefit of my trainings, then please come and join us over in the Make a Difference Soul Tribe. And I'd love to see you there. And also you'll have some more episodes coming up from me and then Things are going to be changing with the podcast. So I will be announcing all of that in one of our upcoming episodes. Alrighty, I hope that you have a beautiful week and I will see you soon for another episode to unlock your truth and purpose. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. If you feel called, I would love it if you could please take a minute to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. This helps other people like you find it. And I also invite you to take a moment to share this episode with a friend you know needs to hear it. 